Hello. Hey, David. How are you doing? Hi, Ben. I started fantastically there by immediately mispronouncing your name. I do apologize. <laughs> That's all right. I, I literally asked you the question. David, you call me David. Start this. Yeah. Hey, David. Whatever you can do. Well, it's only up from here, mate. So we're... Yeah, it can only get better. <laughs> exactly. Um, so do you want to rescue me by um, introducing yourself? And I'll just sit here and be quiet yeah. for a second. Yeah, sure. So Fantastic. for those who don't know me, uh, my name is David Batchy. Uh, I'm I'm here in sunny Manchester, UK. Um, I have a very, very long technical career, about 20 years. I used to work for IBM a long time ago. Um, and about six years ago, I transitioned to pure data. Uh, and I think I found my true passion then. Uh, so now I work with Power BI every day. Um, I think I'm the top solution provider for DAX and Power Query and Power BI on Stack Overflow this year. Uh, and I should be top all time quite soon. Uh, I've recently been um, asked to be a community representative with Miguel Myers, uh, who's Ooh. leading yeah, who's leading the revamp of the core visuals. Uh, and uh, I also publish some of my work on LinkedIn, some of my data biz work on there. Yeah. Also, I've seen your, um, your, your GitHub as well. There's a lot of cool stuff on there as well. Yeah, that's right. I didn't realize you were also so active on, I mean, obviously I know your name from Vega, Vega Light side um, through Denner, but I didn't yeah. realize you were also so active through through Power Query and, and DAX as well. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the, uh, the data biz side is obviously it's more visual, so it uh, catches people's eyes. Uh, you know, when you when you put the work out there, it's a lot more difficult to, uh, you know, if you publish, if you uh, try and post, um, you know, great solutions to Power Query problems or DAX, yeah. a lot, a lot, uh, far fewer people are interested in it. That is but, yeah. a very valid point. That's the nature yeah. of data viz. You can see it in a night. That's yeah. Like, that's how in a window we're doing a good job, right? Because it catches the eye. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you said so you you said you've had a long career with with tech stuff you work with IBM mm. so did we I assume you studied this and you kind of this is uh, no I've actually got a degree in French of all things uh, so yeah mm -hmm. uh, about 20 odd years ago uh, I joined IBM um, and they trained me uh, and then I became a Java enterprise programmer uh, for about 15 years uh, I worked all over the world I worked in the US in Switzerland Istanbul, uh, really, really technical stuff uh, that I was working on. Um, and uh, yeah, a few years ago, uh, I transitioned away from that. Mm. Uh, and I, I think I, I found my true calling with data. Once I discovered Power BI, I just sure. I fell in love with uh, it. Was it like an, an, an sorry, I didn't, was, was it like an, an intentional transition or something that you just, as you say, opened it and fell in love with it? Or? Um, it was a uh, so it was the project at the time. They needed somebody to. Uh, it was a huge project with a couple of hundred people on there, and mm. there was no. And we had lots of data that was being generated, uh, and there was nobody to coerce that data into you know something meaningful. Mm -hmm. uh, so the job just fell to me. And yeah, as soon as as soon as I I found my stride, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Wow. Uh, before then, I'd had plenty of experience with uh, SQL and stuff, mm. um, but. I think once you get into business intelligence, it's a lot more satisfying, uh, a lot more fulfilling, uh, you know, rather than just dealing with databases directly. Yeah. So, are you also quite much more like um, customer facing now as well? Do you have more contact with? Yeah. So, my client uh, for the last few years has been Lloyd's Bank, uh, 
and I work with Power BI every day and here's something interesting for you. So my current report, it's a huge report I've been working on for six months. It's got about 150 queries in there, most of it handwritten M. Uh, and the figures in there, they amount to four billion pounds. So it's a real, you know, it's a real massive, massive report. And so that, 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 that report's just published online and we can all access it, right? <laughs> yeah, not quite, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, yeah, that's it's amazing. A big, it's a big boy. I was speaking to someone the other day, and I think it's probably a conversation comes up pretty frequently. I've literally had nightmares where I make a mistake on a calculation, and because of that, someone makes an incorrect business decision. But yeah. none of my reports have had four, four billion pounds in them. <laughs> it's, it's always the way, isn't it, with uh, Power BI? You can get things right 99.99% of the time. Yeah. And then if there's one little mistake in there, that's yeah. it, you, you lose credibility. So yeah, I, I have those same nightmares. I have to ask her because I mean, because I've been talking about, you know, high stakes, that, that, that's up there. Yeah. Uh, I was having a conversation recently, and actually, I didn't think we'd be talking about this. I thought we'd be getting straight into Vega Light. So I like that. Yeah. We'll get at that, don't worry. Um, I find that working in, in uh, with Power BI, is very often completely non-collaborative. So it is. You yeah, have agree. a single person responsible for such a broad range of tasks. Now, on a project like that, I assume, or is that still the case? I mean, based on your experience, do you how do you have to make it like with a four-I principle or something? Or no, no, it's pretty much me. It's pretty much a solo piece of work. Um, yeah, it is. It's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? You it can't is, really right? work as a team with Power BI. I mean, you, you could split the data modeling and the Power Query aspect. Mm. Uh, but yeah, in this particular case, it is, it's just me. Very impressive. That's really cool. Yeah. I It makes more, or not to say it makes more sense, it makes me feel better about myself now that you're so good at Vega, or I just can't comprehend it. Based on your previous coding experience, I'm like, yeah, okay, that that that, that checks out. So yeah, do you know what? Uh, do you know what I find is the most helpful with Vega? So obviously, my programming background helps. Mm. But I find that if you're good with Power Query, <laughs> it translates to Vega because half of the battle with Vega. So you know, it's grammar of graphics and mm -hmm. positioning marks on screen. Half of the battle is getting the data set in the right shape, and that's basically that's. Power Query 101, you know, pivoting, unpivoting, reshaping tables and stuff like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because I always claim that my Power Query is pretty decent, or my yeah. M, I should say, is pretty decent. So yeah. maybe maybe I'm either wrong or I just need to twist to, to change my thinking a little bit. If you've got those those fundamental skills, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for reshaping data and transforming mm -hmm. it in, and coercing it into what you want, then Vega, okay. half of the battle is won. All right. Yeah. When... I appreciate that change of perspective. Yeah, uh, I think also Imran was also wanting some of that um, Vega Vega full fat, as you called it. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've seen some of Imran's work. He, he does good I stuff. Want, I don't want Vega light. I want Vega full <laughs> fat. <laughs> I, I must admit, my my natural preference is for Vega. Uh, okay. Vega light is just a little bit too limited for me. That's interesting. Actually, this brings up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's bring up a couple of things because I I always maintain I, I understand that if I'd start on on Vega or if I was better I would if I went back I would probably have that same restriction. I mean there are a couple of things that the only thing that annoys me with Vega Lite I think is the lack of decent jittering. You know, um, yes, yeah. With that's quite a restriction. Um, yeah. But other than that, I I've always said that for me Vega is perfectly 
or is more than enough for quite standard business reporting. It covers eighty percent, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And because I do very little else, I've kind of I've stuck with it. But someone like yourself, who's obviously very—I mean, you've worked very, very much in the, in the financial industry. So, do you use also um, Dana Vega Vega Light in those reports as well? I do, but you—I I am selective uh, when I choose to use it. I do try to use the native visuals for most of my work, just okay. because it makes for an easier life. Uh, the thing with Vega is, it is—it does take time to create anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's whether you can spare that time to create something custom and bespoke yeah. when your time could be better spent, you know, doing yeah. other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, I am selective about it. Yeah, I mean, for generally, I also say like, if you want a bar chart, you're not going to use Deno. Exactly. Yeah. Unless, yeah, yeah unless it's a, a client that's given you lots of money and lots of time, you know, to make <laughs> the, the perfect report, which yes. I haven't come across yet. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, you're right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that that sort of client would be very very strongly desired. It's it's yeah. very rare that you get the opportunity to be um, productive and also creative. You know, it's either one or the other, which is when I spend most of my time, most of my free time, um, developing stuff in, in Deneb. And then if I if I create something that I like and I know I can use it, and I can just copy and paste that across, like use a template and stuff. You know, but. Yeah. Um, for for the most part, it's yeah. So, saying that, you can get cr- quite creative with the native visuals. I see uh, Kurt's on, Kurt's on the chat, and yeah. uh, his GitHub is uh, is in my favourites. Oh yeah, uh, I think he's got like twenty five different ways of doing bar charts and twenty five yes. different ways of doing line charts, which are that's true, always used as a reference. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. You know, that's yeah. actually a really valid point. When I first started doing like Power BI stuff, especially like the YouTube channel, I was I probably did a decent amount on like like visual hacks and stuff. But I think when I moved across to Deno, I just stopped that because I was like, I don't want to, if I can do it this way, yeah. I was just like one, one, or, one or the other, you know? My fear was with, not with, I mean, not saying what a Kurt does or, or anyway, any way hacks, so, uh, to be honest. I like Kurt, but I've probably overlooked his, his, his um, GitHub a bit. Sorry about that, Kurt. Um, but it's, I've always been worried if I do stuff that's not, it's not specifically designed to do, I'm scared that there'll be some kind of update and it just stops working, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas at least with Deneb, I know whatever, what I create will be there because it's not going to change. That language is just there, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, actually did today for the first time in ages, I created something with, with new with Deneb. I haven't had the chance to do so. And I realized I'd never done anything with it really decent with an arc. I kind of played around with it and stuff, but I'd never, um, had a look and it was, um, yeah, it was nice. Good fun. I hope you're uh, fresh with your high school trigonometry. I am not. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the thing with uh, Vega, and uh, you have to yeah you have to refresh your, your your memory with all the unit circle and cosine and sine and stuff like that. There was a lot of googling involved from my side yeah. as to what these words actually mean, and the the worst part is when I get it's just the absolute basics. And I'm like, oh, it's it's the um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm obviously I'm not talking because I'm thinking to myself, but I'm like, in my head, am I even pronouncing these words correctly? Yeah, the, th- the theta is that the, the theta, theta? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. theta. Okay, I'm like in yeah. my head, it's, it's a theta. I think, like, okay. I think you can pronounce it theta as well. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> a, a while ago, when I when I was um oh, probably like ten years ago or longer, I was um. I had a couple of um, Greek friends who were very close to them, and they taught me quite a lot of like the Greek alphabet spelling. I remember, so I was trying to remember some of that pronunciation, you know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but yes, sorry. Um, just bring up this comment from Daniel because there's a couple of them. I see we got Daniel as well, yeah. Yeah, Daniel's here, man. Of course he's here. Um, yeah, here he goes. 
comment. Uh, comment scenario I got approached for. We have this one little problem with the bar chart, and we need a custom visual. Yeah, and the problem is the best, the, the best of the of the of the bar chart first. Yeah, I think with this sort of thing, even when it's just like a standard bar chart, my my problem is if I've created something once in Deneb, I really find it really hard to go back to a to a to a standard visual, a core visual, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, because you forget that you can't do certain things. The power, the power is liberating, isn't it? That's the that's the whole beauty of. Uh, oh. I'm I'm teaching uh, a class at work at the moment. Um, you know, just uh, you know, like an introduction to Dene uh, Deneb. Mm, nice. Uh, and to before we even get to Deneb, I spend ten minutes on the grammar of graphics. Uh, cool. And I and I contrast that with uh, what's called the tyranny of charts. So it's a it's a phrase that Mike Bostock. Okay. Uh, coined a few years ago. So Mike Bostock is the creator of D3. Uh, and D3 yes, is pretty much uh, the yeah. the visual library on which everything is based, including Vega and Power BI. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, he con he contrasted the tyranny of charts, which is mm. what you get in Excel or Power BI, where you have a selection of pre-made charts with, pre -conf uh, with configuration options on there. Mm. And the trouble is, unless... Uh, Microsoft have given you the chart that you need or the options that you need. You're, you're, you're never going to have the freedom to build what you want. Whereas mm. with the grammar of graphics, it's more like you're given a Lego set and you're you're basically set loose. You can then build pretty much anything yeah. you can imagine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's uh, liberating. That, it's so liberating when you uh, you know when you can bring to the screen what you what you had in, uh, in your mind. Completely agree. Yeah. I mean, liberating is also the, the nicer way of putting it. I always just think it makes me go a little bit power mad, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, D3 is amazing, by the way. Um, I, I started to learn it probably about six months ago. But it's classic for me. If I don't have a use case, I just I don't get very far, you know. Um, it was easy. I mean, it, no, I'm, I'm not going to so say it was know, easy, by the way. It was easier yeah. than I thought. Yeah, D3 is brilliant, but you know it's kind of deprecated now. So Mike Bostock has moved on to Plot. Uh, so he's he started the company called Observable. Oh, ah, um, brilliant! And he's got a uh, he's basically taken the uh, he's taken D3 and just he's he's planning to make it even better, even more versatile and powerful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. D4 or something. I'm not sure. Uh, but, it's yeah. called plot. It's called plot. plot. Oh, it's called plot. Okay, fair enough. It's called plot. Yeah, that's yeah, it's fantastic. Easy to remember. Okay, so I'll stop learning D3 and I'll yeah. Google plot and and, and learn have a look instead. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Thanks for the, thanks for for the warning there because that would have been I would have started to cry if I wasted my time and then. I don't. Was... Yeah. I don't. I don't think you waste your time with D3. I mean, it's a very mature um, API. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Um, sorry, I've been coming from some um, Kurt before. Yeah, like regarding the MacGyvering stuff. Um, you can do this, but should you, should you do this? Yeah. Um, that sounds I, like uh, Jurassic Park, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I like it. Yeah. Um, this is true. I, I, I often think the same thing when I'm creating like with 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 um, Vega Light, and I'm always very careful to say this when I make any video that I'm just showing you how you sh you can do something. I'm not saying you should do that thing, you know, because when you can when you're given like a tool uh, this toolkit and you say okay now you can kind of put things where you want, you can of course create wonderful things, but you can also create like you know absolute monsters. This, yeah. Yes, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, we're going through all the classics today. We've got, yeah. we've got Jurassic Park, we've got Spider-Man. I love it. 
<laughs> yes, the uh, the link for for um, plot. Thank you very much, Daniel. Um, I'll, I'll bring that up so people can click on it if they want to. I will do so later for sure. Very cool. Here's, here's a, an interesting tidbit. So uh, Jeffrey here, who created Vega, mm-hmm. is actually the. Um, uh, I think he supervised Mike Bostock's PhD. And Mike Bostock is who created D3. So it's all very closely. Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, a little bit of trivia. Uh, regarding your like your huge number of contributions on, on um, Stack Overflow, correct? Yeah, yeah. So was it, how did that, is it something that you decide, okay, I'm, I want to be very, you know, proactive there? Or was it a case of you learning as you were going and just... I did it originally for selfish reasons. Um, and it's a good piece of advice you can give to people. So uh, I, I see a lot of I see a lot of useless advice given out on LinkedIn. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the question comes up like, how can I get good at Power BI? And I, I think I would highly recommend. There's there's basically a resource out there where people post problems uh, mm. at Stack Overflow, and you can get really good if you're answering if you're answering like three or four DAX and Power Query questions every single day. You get very good very quickly because you get exposed to so many different problems that you wouldn't otherwise encounter. Hmm. And then the added benefit is uh, you get the, you know, the little adrenaline uh, endorphin rush for with helping somebody. You know, people are really grateful for some of the solutions that you give. So, yeah. Uh, And and then after a while, like anything, uh, yeah, it becomes a little bit addictive. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. yeah. Actually, I should put, post a link to your um, your Stack Overflow if I can find it somewhere. Ah, yeah, straight away. Fantastic. Cool. I shall post that link in the chat somewhere so people can have a look. I have your links all brought up, by the way. I've got your um, Thank you. your, your um, GitHub and what have you. But yeah, regarding answering questions, it makes sense. I mean, like, my favorite thing to do at work is to answer questions when people... Yeah. People contact you and they say, oh, I'm really sorry for bothering you. I'm like, please don't apologize. This is like the most fun part of my job. Yeah, it's you fulfilling. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And yes, you're right about the whole, it's nice to kind of, you know, help people and they're grateful for it. But it's just nice to, and also the best ones, of course, is when you don't have the answer straight away. So you have to go and find out something for yourself and do a bit of research and what have you. Yeah, not um, only that, i tell you, uh, there's, a, there's another couple of things, which is... Um, I'm, I'm definitely uh, like there's there's people on there who within their chosen disciplines are really really good and you can learn a lot from them from their mm-hmm. solutions. Uh, and then in addition, there's also a little bit of friendly competition. So like there's a couple of people that you know provide some brilliant brilliant power query solutions. And there's always a little bit of competition to see who can uh, approach it in the most mm-hmm. elegant or efficient way. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of camaraderie on there too. That's nice, actually, because, I mean, that makes me think, I mean, I've always kind of, like, laughed at myself a little bit when I look at um, SQL BI and their DAX. I love it when they they create the calculation, and they're like, yes, but also we can make this faster. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm just like, if it works, I'm happy, okay? <laughs> I mean, okay, if it takes 10 seconds, then okay, I'll go back and, and, and fix it. But, like, yeah, but this, this took three seconds, and we can get that to two, or I'm like, yeah. seriously, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 my DAX isn't quite as good as theirs. I don't think it ever will be. I don't think anybody's will be. No, that's, 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 that's too <laughs> and, high. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. I don't think I'd, I ever want to know as much about DAX as they know. <laughs> I love that. 
I'm, I'm happy actual, with my current level. Yeah, just refusal. It's like, no, that, that's too much. That, that's that's too much. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, actually, because you mentioned, because um, obviously we, we had a call a few couple of days ago to kind of test everything works and what have you. And you, you mentioned then that you, you were very um, uh, proactive or, you know, yeah. on, 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 on Stack Overflow. And it wasn't until you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, actually. I've seen your name so many times on that. I, I guess maybe that's the first time I saw your name and I, and I searched you and, and got you on LinkedIn and stuff. Um, but it, I, that's also what I like about that as well is because, I mean, that's kind of out of my my usual bubble of, of how I interact. It's usually like on social media, like Twitter, mm-hmm. LinkedIn or, or what have you. Um, so without that, maybe I would never kind of encountered your work through through Vega Light. I kind of saw what you were doing. Of course, learn from you. So thank you, by the it's, way. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I didn't, um, it was actually Kerry uh, who suggested I post some of my Vega work because I, I, I looked at her work that she publishes and yeah. uh, I, I communicated privately with her, you know, just some experiments that I was doing. Hmm. And she was like, you should really get this, you know, shared with the community. And I think if it wasn't for her prompting it, uh, I probably would have kept all of those experiments to myself. Oh, wow. So, yeah, the, the social, uh, yeah, it is good to put yourself out there sometimes. For sure, yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and, if I can, I'm very bad at, you know, talking and copying and pasting links. Your Deneb showcase, that's what I was looking for. And what I love about this is that, um, well, first of all, it's awesome but also the fact that it's, you know, you can actually see the visual element as well, which is pretty helpful. So this is your Deneb showcase, exactly. And people should definitely check that out. Um, just have a look. And maybe I can actually quickly share my screen as well, if that's okay, because I like it so much. One second, I'm going to make sure I do it correctly and don't share anything weird. Not to say I've got anything weird on my screen, but, you know, <laughs> you get me. Okay. Where you go, and Deneb showcase, here it is and bring it up and get uh, how do i change this i'm doing a bad job right now i think i take away the chat and then i don't know what i'm doing can people see that okay i'm not i'm not sure is it too small i can see it you can see it okay cool um yeah this i mean there's obviously lots of i'm not going to go through each individual one in in depth and stuff but yeah it's just a a nice if we're talking about data visualization it's nice to look at you know the heat map is very cool there's one that for me really stood out because i had not it's too small someone's saying what if i just take off us for a second small oh sorry about this i'm doing a terrible job whatever it's still on there anyway you can see it ish um there was one in particular i want to look at because i first saw this one. Oh yeah i love this yeah it's really so, very cool it's a bit of a no-no though uh using 3d in data viz but i thought what the it hell I, I had an idea and i thought why not yeah 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 thank donald for the very obvious solution of zooming in on screen <laughs> <laughs> I'm so slow sometimes. Um, yes, it is. I suppose it is. I know using 3D, but this works is quite effective. Yeah. It's 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 not over the top. Um, sometimes you need something eye-catching, a little bit of pizzazz for your dashboard. And exactly. Exactly. No, it's really cool. So, yeah, people should check that out because it's, it's, I like the, the variation on, on data. So, And this is the thing as well, actually, because I, I mentioned this briefly before, so I'm not going to stop sharing my screen because I'm doing such a bad job anyway. Um, this is what I mentioned before was the um 
I always had this this idea, like you know, working in um, with financial data, it kind of was very difficult to ever actually create anything interesting. But because you obviously you've connected to lots of different data sets, it's kind of allowed you kind of to stay like very creative as well. I guess more also outside work and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 nice to be able to do that. It's nice to be able to kind of go out of your area and kind of play around with the data a little bit, which is about what we have when we when we use these sort of tools. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I like about data so much or data viz. It combines the you know the really technical aspect with the creative side. Mm. You know, so you can really express yourself and, and you know put yeah. yourself out there. For sure. That's a good suggestion by Kurt. I've brought this comment up for Kurt because I think it's a really good idea. Also, I could suggest I could be totally wrong. Perhaps the fact that we don't have something like that for Power BI is a kind of an indication of the lack of um, enthusiasm or the lack of, of um, what, what am I looking for? The lack of focus that maybe Microsoft put on the visualization side. Uh, yeah, so I will be the first to complain about the core visuals. I think they have been neglected for a very long time. Uh, they are... Yeah. Yeah, they they have a lot of limit limitations and shortcomings. Uh, but having seen the work that Miguel Myers has done, he is super super ambitious about with his vision about what he wants to bring to Power BI. Mm. Um, and and I think I said in a LinkedIn post, if he if he achieves half of what he set out to, mm. he's gonna yeah we're gonna be very happy developers. So I agree with that, and yeah. I I I th I've I've been on this this team since I think whenever it was February maybe, and it's been really great. And he does do fantastic work, and I will never disagree with that. But I think it also needs to come from also the wider Microsoft, not community, but also the Microsoft Power BI side as well. Mm. Because if you have one person who's creating fantastic stuff, but to ensure that actual more. Um, focus is put on visualization instead of just saying, okay, we have these visualizations and they're going to be better and they are going to be better. They're going to be a lot better. There's going to be new visualizations, all this sort of stuff. I'm very happy. It's it, it's going to be great. But general focus on the importance of visualization. I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, so that idea from Kurt, maybe maybe if it, if it became a thing, it would be, but maybe if it was, maybe it would be limited to core visuals, which is still fine. Of course. Um, well, this is this is the problem with Power BI, though. So, like the first couple of slides when I'm teaching Deneb is to compare and contrast Tableau with Power BI. And if you take a selection of Power BI dashboards, uh, or, or if you take a selection of random dashboards, you can immediately tell which ones have been built in Power BI. Yeah, they all have a look and feel, yeah. and that limits creativity. Whereas if you look at Tableau Public, they come mm. up with some crazy stuff. Yes. And the reason is, because Tableau is uh, implements that grammar of graphics. Yeah, yeah, completely. So yeah, so unless I think it would have to be a Deneb competition, or unless Miguel brought a custom visual to Power BI that allowed much more creativity. Yeah. Also, Deneb competition would be a cool idea, by the way. I think that would be a good idea. Okay, make a note of that. We could arrange that somehow. I'm sure. Um. Thinking of the, I mean, yes, you're right. Actually, it was quite interesting. The um, 
yes, I think there should be categories. That's a good point. That, that's fair. Custom visual category, standard visual category. Okay, okay, I like it. Cool. Um, what you just said regarding Power BI visualizations was pretty much exactly what my um, my boss said to me when I started at my new company, um, newish five months ago, and yeah, he said you know he he had experience working with, um, with companies that use Tableau, and he says exactly that. You can tell straight away which ones are Power BI, yeah. and in the nicest possible way, he was trying to say they're not as nice, which is. I'm not going to disagree. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. right? Um, one thing that I found really interesting, the difference, this is a, it, an odd difference, and maybe you think it's not important, but for me, it's I noticed that with Power BI reports, they rarely go out of the standard screen shape and size. But mm. if you look at something like from Tableau, they use the um, the vertical a lot more. Yeah. And I've always wondered why is that? Is this what what's what's that restriction coming from? Because you we could do that, but we don't for some reason. Yeah, I'm not not sure. I mean, I think Tableau attracts more designer type people. You know, if they've got a choice between the two tools, whereas Power BI is more business type users who are typically building dashboards mm. and reports mm. where you don't want anything below the fold. You know, on a yeah. screen, you don't want to have to scroll down to look at a, a dashboard. It's, uh, yeah. Whereas, yeah, I think Tableau is more geared towards being able to create infographics, infographic yes. type visualizations. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. But it's strange if you like, if you look at it, I'm not going to, I don't want to keep banging on about it. I'm just, oh, um, I have to repeat myself a little bit. But if you go to like a website, it's quite often that you have to scroll up and down. Yeah. This is, this is pretty intuitive. Yeah. So you think it would be also be the same in a report, you know, like, oh, I, I see there's, a, I have the option there to scroll down. And I will do so. And I see more data. So I'm not sure it's because I mean you're right. It's it's a it's more business tool. I, I definitely agree with that for sure. And this is what we're geared to. As I just said myself like ten minutes ago, whatever it was, that at work we tend to create very business oriented reports. So, you know, this yeah. is what, what we stick to. But just to like I was thinking, like, you know, if you have a an, a request, you have your visuals and then someone says, Oh, but I want a big table. I'm like, oh, okay, the big table. Just to scroll down the big table, you can't see it, but if you scroll down, there's your big table. Just something like that as well, you know, just to kind of have that flexibility of it's there, but if you want to see it, you scroll down. I don't know. That's that's what drill three is for. Uh, yeah. So, I, drill, I, please. I, I have a, a very standard design philosophy that I try and stick to with my reports. Uh, and I... Like inevitably, business users always want to see tables and big Franken tables, you know, Frankenstein tables with every single data point in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I try and do is, I think, like, I, I don't think it's anything um, that nobody else does, but, you know, try and have different layers of granularity when you present in your data. So you, you'd have your KPIs right at the very top, you know, your big headline numbers yeah. Yeah. show trends up or, or, up or down. And then below that, just your charts, which is your second layer of aggregation, you know, mm. bar chart, bar charts do the heavy lifting, but whatever the data visualization is. And then if it's any, any more granular than that, if it's tabular data, I mm. always hide that away to a, a drill through report. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and that, that seems to work quite well for me. Um, I love drill throughs. They, yeah. I, I always maintain they're a very underused feature. They are. Um, and I know I'll, I'll say, it, but I'll say it before you say it. That I know Miguel is working on on this as well. He is recognized as a, as, a, as something that needs to be improved. But um, my issue with drill through is that they're not. It's not immediately 
obvious to a user, you know, like you have the, like the, the way they work, either you have the hover over, but the hover over, especially with the newer tooltip, you've got to wait just a split second, which is a bit too long, yeah. or you have the button. Or There are too many ways of doing it, and none are massively intuitive, you yeah, know? I'd agree with that. Um, so that if there was a way that that could be improved, I would love it, because the number of reports or the number of times that when you're giving someone a training, you're making someone understand how Power BI works and stuff. Um, I would just say you see where it could be utilized, but it very rarely is. And it's just yeah. a shame. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Cool stuff. Yeah. Lots of lots of options. I think that we have lots of options and everyone likes to like just design stuff in a little in, the, in their own way. And people tend to design stuff one way. And then that becomes the way that they do it because it feels comfortable to them. And it feels that they know how to do it, and it's it's a look and a feel. Like they exactly they enjoy it, so the assumption is other people enjoy it too, which yeah. quite often is indeed the case. Uh, but it's also nice to kind of kind of kick yourself out of that comfort zone and kind of try new stuff and um, you know design things in different ways and, and what have you. Yeah. Do you do you feel that you go through like phases when you design? Like you go through a phase where you like this design, and then you. You kind of slowly get into another phase of I don't know, different styles or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I look at some of the reports I did even six months ago with disgust. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you you like it. It becomes a piece of art, doesn't it? And sometimes it's hard to know when you've finished. Like a piece of art is never really finished, is it? You're always touching it up. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I suppose it like uh, it's it's when that inspiration that you know that creative inspiration comes as well yeah uh, so yeah i definitely go through phases what phase are you in are you in now uh now uh, i'm in a bit of a weary phase uh, because <laughs> i'm coming to the end of this uh, very long piece of work uh, okay. so it's just tweaking at the moment uh, and making sure it. you know that, that the bit that takes the bit yeah. that shouldn't take so long but takes forever yeah um no oh, well so yeah i'm getting a bit weary but uh, nothing a short break won't uh, so i was gonna say i think it should be like this thing if you once you come to it the end of a, a project and all the stakeholders are signed off and everyone's happy with how it works the person who created the report should be forced to take like two weeks off work so Definitely. that they, so they, <laughs> they don't go through the tweaking phase you know yeah it's maybe the first few days are important but anything after that it's just Never going to yeah. actually be, as you said, never going to be, never be perfect. Never going to be finished. And it's like, oh, what about yeah. this? And it's, it's, yeah, it, it's painful. It really, it is. Oh, nice. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, as, as Kurt says, never, ne <laughs> never yeah. finished, only abandoned. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Have you ever had any big projects that you've been working on and happy with, and then they've been dramatically or tragically underused? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah. That happens to every Power BI developer, doesn't it? I you know, you so, put yeah. you put your uh, you put your heart into a, a, a report, and it could give so much value mm. uh, and user adoption. I think that's the key, actually, is user adoption. Sure. So there should be a like a, in my projects, at, like learning from experience, there's a dedicated point at the end of every build where we spend time on user adoption. You know, we communicate with the users, we go through workshops with them, mm. we show, we teach them how to use Power BI and how to use that specific report. Uh, and then we show them the value it can bring. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's as much as you can do. Like you can't like bring a, what's the phrase, a horse to water. Exactly. 
Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it can be frustrating. Yeah, it's it's good you mentioned that about like the, the step afterwards because I think that there's sometimes this, this this feeling that you finish a report, you finish develop it, you the stakeholder has the link, and then that's the end. Yeah. But if you, I, I feel if you do that, you're, you're missing a vital part of actually encouraging people, and as you just said yourself, showing people to say, okay, this is how it would. maybe like a quick a call or or. A, for me, a, a live call is better where you show people how it does. Definitely. Or like a video is not as good because people just won't, don't watch it. Um, to show them like what it does, how it does. And if you have questions, contact this person. Because otherwise, you're like, oh, here's the link. And then you see after like a week, you look at the report metrics and it's like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's the worst thing you can do is just send out a link and say, good luck. Yeah, yeah you, that user adoption phase is critical to success. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this is actually a good idea from, um, sorry, Kurt, I'm really just hammering your comments today. Um, recurring things like data cafes and regular user community interaction. Yeah, it's a good point yeah. also internally. I think we talk about community ex externally, but also at work as well to ensure there's a, a good community setup. And um, a lot of time that they exist, but they're not, again, not very used to, the reports aren't used, the community's not used, and it's just like this Teams channel that kind of sits there, which is always pretty unfortunate, but um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, again, sorry. <laughs> what do people think about getting too attached to the things they make or their own design preference? Yeah, I can. I think that's natural, isn't it? You yeah. Develop a, an attachment to things you create. My um, I will have to remind myself that when, when like when I make something and. I like it and I think it works very well. I also have to pre prepare myself for that someone's going to say, but this doesn't work. Do you know, do you know what's funny is um, when I was publishing some of my uh, Vega work, I put mm. some of it on Reddit and mm. uh, one or two of them took off where they got like tens of thousands of votes and thousands of comments. Damn. And cool. uh, yeah, and uh, it's funny the spectrum of feedback you get. So there was okay. like at one end, people were like, oh my oh my God, this is the best thing you, I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, giving you lots of praise all the way to the other end with people saying you should kill yourself. This is terrible. You've made all these poor decisions. And then obviously the, <sighs> with the, the, you know, with the bell curve, lots of uh, comments in between. Yeah. Uh, but it is, you know, you, I suppose you, you have to, uh, I suppose you have to be balanced in which, uh, in how much that feedback you take on board. Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. you can't listen to all, only good feedback and you can't mm. ignore all the bad feedback, but mm. there's a balance that is required there. You get rid of the top and bottom 5% yeah. right, and just keep the rest. Yeah, some, somewhere, somewhere in the middle is going to be all right. Yeah, true. Actually, you know, I think um, Daniel, Marsh Patrick, he mentioned to me a couple of days ago that you were also very, had a lot of stuff on Reddit as well. And I, and I said, oh, cool, that's amazing. I'll check it out. And of course it's me. So I like immediately forgot to do that. Yeah, it's a shame because if you, if there's this these things that you mentioned, if I'd found the links, I could have posted them here as well. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'll find them at some point and I'll post them on some some form of um, social media or in the in the comment and the comments in the description of the video. I'll try my best, mate. No worries. Um, but you're active in so many places; it's hard to keep up, you know. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really active on Reddit. It's a bit. Uh, it's it's difficult. You can't really keep up with thousands of comments. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just post the occasional thing when I've got when I've done something that I think is worth sharing. Yeah, uh, I, or it's or it's topical. I think the last big one I did was the um, was it the bank failure? There was some yes. there was a bank failure in the US, 
Yeah, saw that one. Very cool. So yeah, so I, I put that on there, and I think that got a bit of traction. That makes sense. Actually, make it like a topical subject, so that's in the yeah. news. Get the data. Yeah, good point. Good call. With Reddit, I try, but I never. I, I think at one point I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna gonna be active on Reddit," and then immediately it's, wasn't. Yeah. It's hard work, Reddit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just actually, I, I think it is finding difficult to, to commit to a lot of things. Like I, I did the same thing about about three months ago. I was like, I'm gonna be really active on. Um, I'm gonna like get my, my my GitHub set up, and I'm gonna put something on like a Deneb or, or Vega Lights every day. And I, th I think I did about 10 in the past three months, to be honest. So yeah. I, I immediately fell. I have it. It exists and it slowly grows, but not as fast as I wanted it to grow, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's just, there's lots of different places and different things and different responsibilities and what have you. So ideally, at some point, I would have a nice, large um, GitHub repo. But yeah. I, I mean, I, there's this the stuff I do every day, which I think is, would be worth sharing, but having the time to dedicate to packaging that up in a form that you can share it with other people. Hmm. I mean, it, it takes time and effort to do all that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We've, we've got day jobs, haven't we? Well, you've got a very important one, but all that, all that money in that, in that one report. Yeah. So I would definitely yeah. think you should focus on that. Yeah. <laughs> Class. That's a, big, that's a big boy. Are you, do you have any um, plans to, I mean, or do you, have you already done it? So like, uh, you're doing like uh, I don't know, so talking about this sort of thing at conferences or user groups and stuff. Because actually, at the very start, Daniel mentioned that he was at the user group in Manchester. I forgot to bring this comment up. Mm. Um, he didn't. He didn't know. Didn't know that you were based in Manchester. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know he was at the uh, at that user group. Otherwise, I'd have gone down and said hello. Yeah, it would have been cool. Been fun. Fun. Yeah, thanked him for dinner in person. Bought him a beer, a real yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Cool. But no, like conferences and stuff is, isn't your thing, or? Uh, not really. Uh, like I, I don't mind doing the odd remote thing like this, but uh, I don't know. I just I can't imagine people really want to hear about anything I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you that's very wrong. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, I respect that mentality. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they would. I mean, I think what I love about Danibus, like when I first started using it, there was seemed to be, and I say this with all due respect to, to Daniel, that it wasn't so widely used mm. and now if you look on like linkedin and stuff it's obviously a lot a lot more widely used and there's people coming and posting about it, learning it which is really cool so i think given yeah, your knowledge cool. and people see what you've done people listen for sure yeah i i answered i, I think i'm number one for answering deneb questions on uh, stack overflow uh, so yeah and i do notice i have noticed a big uptick in those questions uh, yeah. so adoption is happening mm. Um, yeah, exactly, right? See, Ben Ben says it, so it's gonna be true. People not want to hear what you're saying. We need to have a talk. Yeah, Ben Ben will sort you out. All right, he'll 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 for get sure, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, are you are you uh, a a top voice for this sort of thing on LinkedIn? Because I find this LinkedIn top voice thing quite funny these days. I've, um, I've, uh, I don't think so. Is that yeah, something that's, you have to do. I don't know. I think you've got to comment on a certain number of things, but I think they kind of favour long comments that are quite clearly generated by chat gpt or something oh, yeah no, can't, be, can't be bothered with that <laughs> so you have to include like rocket emojis and stuff probably i have no right. idea how it works but no. you see this thing popping up and it's just it's just i think bad. i think I, I try to only post if i've got something worth talking about otherwise i don't i don't try and post every like three days just to keep no no yeah the, uh, for sure yeah 
I have that same mentality that I think, okay, I'm not going to say anything unless what I feel I'm going to say is going to bring actual value. Exactly. And I, I do that, and I, and I like that I do that, but I also think when you have that mentality, you can also overdo it, that you do have things to say, but because you constantly like question yourself, that you kind of don't say the things that also would have been helpful, even though you think they didn't. Does that make sense? I'm kind of rambling now. I ramble quite yeah. a lot. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, now, right? I understand. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for the support there. <laughs> um, and I think this is also the same thing that I have regarding um, submitting to, to conferences also, by the way. Um, just bring that from Ben. The call for speakers is open for, for data groom. That would be cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a look. Have a look, man. I can, we, we, we can meet there. It'll be a good one, you know? Yeah. Cover speakers for, for data groom. Yeah, so you see these the cover speakers and you have a look to see, you know, or the, the text of, you know, what they're looking for. And I'm like, ah, really? I could, but do they really care? Um, so I think, you, you, I'm just saying you, you can go a bit too far with it, you know, and it's, and it's a shame because um, you have something to say and it's, it's, it's a cool topic and uh, we need to give more voice to, to data visualization at conferences, I think. Yeah, there's definitely a few things that I could share, which I don't think I've seen published elsewhere. So, yeah. yeah. So you... There's an actual fact, I'll give you a preview. I was going to uh, publish on LinkedIn soon. Um, so I've fallen in love recently with SVGs. Um, ah, okay. Nice. So my uh, my stakeholders, they, they love tables. And obviously mm -hmm. tables look rubbish as tables, but you can really, you know, give them a bit of pep if you, uh, if you put little micro charts in there, mm -hmm. you know, little bars or donuts or what have you. And one thing I discovered recently is I wanted to put chips in there. Um, so chips are like like little buttons mm -hmm. uh, where you – it's like a, a little rounded button with around some text. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, good, bad, excellent, terrible. Uh, they'd, they'd all be different colors. Uh, but the, the chip would expand to the size of the text. And the thing is, you can't actually do that in SVG. Uh, but what I found is you can actually embed HTML within SVG. Okay. Uh, and it's not a technique I've seen elsewhere on the web. So I was going to uh, I was going to put a little post up to show what you can actually do, how you can create these little things. That sounds very cool. Yeah, it is. See, yeah, see, there yeah. you go. See, I like that. Yeah, yeah it is cool. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's well, it's, 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 it's that's cool the attitude that you need, mate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen it, and I think I think people would uh, once they realise it's there. Like who, yeah, who knows which direction they might take in? SVGs are pretty hot at the moment as well. Brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so a, if you... there's, a f there's a few things I want Miguel to fix about SVGs on okay. the table, um, but if he fixes those, I think yeah, tables and SVGs can be really powerful. You have that direct link to to, um, to Miguel as well now, so you can really get down his ear about it. As soon as I make that post, I'm going to include it in the post as well for a little additional pressure. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. So regarding this, um, that you mentioned a couple of times that the project with Miguel and stuff, what sort of things are you really hoping to see in the next in the next few months? Not that you think that you will see, but just kind of what are you kind of if you have for me for, for, for me I'm, I'm, for me I'm not. I'm realistic, so I don't expect to see a complete overhaul of the visuals. Yeah. Uh, I think that's unrealistic. But what I do expect is when you use Power BI every single day, there are so many little niggles and frustrations with the workflow. And mm. if we could get a few of those tidied up, it could save me literally hours and hours a week. 
Mm. And one one I posted today, which I asked Miguel to sort out, was um, on the canvas. Um, you know, when you have to move visuals around and you inevitably pick the wrong one and move the the move a visual you're not supposed to move. Mm. In PowerPoint, you can right click on a visual and lock it in place. You know, mm. lock an individual in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can right click on a visual and you can bring it to the front or send it to the back okay. uh, without yeah. having to go to the ribbon. Yeah. Uh, and the shortcut keys for that as well. And like that, even though that's not, I can't imagine it's difficult to implement. And I don't think like it's not a huge, uh, you know, game changing feature, but it's a, uh, you know, it's a quality of life feature that would just help save people at countless, countless hours. This actually, I like that answer. I mean, it it, it makes sense to bring that in line with other products as well, right? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So it does. Also, if you if you look if you think about Power BI being a design tool, uh, yeah. and then you compare it and contrast it to something like Figma, yeah. Oh my God! Like they're so like they're not even they're not even like so far behind. It's untrue. This is exactly what I'm what I was saying before though. They need to see Power BI more like a, des- a design tool. Yeah. And it's absolutely. really and I really don't think they see it that way. I have strong moments sometimes where I think that when, of course, it's 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 been a while now, but. Sometimes I think they don't understand their own product, or at least when they first released it, they didn't understand what their own product would be used for. It was quite short, short-sighted in the terms of what people could do with what they want to do with it. Um, that's why. That's why I'm so uh, pleased that they got Miguel on board. So I, I, yeah. I was watching Miguel's YouTube videos before mm-hmm. he was promoted to a product manager, and you could tell immediately, like this guy, he understands like the basic rules of data visualization mm. he knows what takes something uh what you know what elevates a, a data viz and his passion is just yeah it's really it i think is. they've chosen the right guy they just need to give him the resources to do what to deliver yeah, yeah for sure it's the resources is, is a big yeah. one absolutely just bring up um, Elena's comment there. Anyone who yes. agrees, it, agrees that strongly gets brought up on the screen. That's, that's the rule, basically. Yes. Well, yeah. what, what's the agreement to? I think it was regarding your comment regarding um, how Figma is, because I mean, she does a lot of, sorry, Elena does oh, right. a lot of work with Figma. Yeah. So I think she was agreeing with your comment that um, basically Figma was a lot better. But generally speaking, agreeing. So I'll yeah. okay, if you bring it, <laughs> agree, I'll just bring it up. Yeah. yeah. Fair point. Um. Also, the movement of the if you, the way uh, custom visuals move around the canvas drives me. You have it's, to, yeah, you have to select it in a very specific spot, don't you? You do, and sometimes yeah. the easiest way is actually just to instead of to moving it, it's just actually to expand it, and then you know actually like drag the top left. Yeah. It's like it's a nightmare. It's like it's how can it be? Yeah, how can it work so badly to literally move a visual from here to there? This is like basic. I think. Yeah, I can put up with that. The, the, the most annoying thing from my perspective is when visuals uh, move of their own accord. You know, if you uh, publish yeah. something and you and it's yeah. perfect, pixel perfect, um, yeah. and then you come back to it in a couple of weeks and uh, stuff's moved ever so slightly. Mm. That stuff's frustrating. It is. It is frustrating. Um, I like it when Daniel brings his comments up. Yeah, because Daniel. Daniel knows his stuff, doesn't he? He does because I, I'll think, oh, that's so basic. But then Daniel's like, okay, well, it's not as basic as you think because yeah. um, they're a very different element on the page that of core visual. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I'll I'll let I'll let, I'll, I'll I'll admit my ignorance and I'll admit defeat, but it still annoys me. Fair. Yeah. Cool. 
I, yeah. It's true, you know. You do you do look at stuff and you think, why why is it like that? It must be a really easy fix. Mm. Uh, I had a conversation, an email conversation this week with Miguel. I said, why can't we set the explicitly set the width of a bar on a bar chart? Mm-hmm. And uh, he sent it to the dev team, and they came back with about fifteen reasons why that why that couldn't happen, and you know all the technical debt that would have wow. to be uh, that would have to be remediated to get it get it working. Like get such a simple feature working. You yeah. think? I yeah. just want to set the pixel width on a, on a bar. Can't be that hard. Yeah, all the other bit. I the one thing that for me um, opened my eyes again with through using and then I've been creating more visuals was um, understanding how complex like a table or a matrix is. Oh yeah, definitely. When I because actually the only visual that I could create with Power BI, that's a core visual, but I create with, with, with Deneb or, or matrices and tables because I think they look so much better with, with Deneb. Um, but when I first created them, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually much more complex than I thought it was going to be. Because yeah. you just think, okay, it's lines and rows, but then to bring those elements together, um, once you actually start having to do the coding and understanding the breakdown of each mark and where they sit, it's like, oh, okay, okay. So yeah. I'm still not getting the full picture, but I'm getting a bit more of the smaller picture, and then it's it, it's good to have that insight, and it gives you a bit of more, yeah, understanding and patience. Yeah, I think know? that's the word, isn't it? Patience. Patience. Don't say that the P in Power BI is for patience, right? Yeah. But I maintain it's PBI. Please be impatient. So how are you gonna do? Um, yeah, but it's 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 nice to kind of have wishes and things to get frustrated about because it kind of inspires you to kind of maybe push and kind of request and um and learn there you go i think and i'm gonna bring this comment from daniel read it out for the for the audio version one of the hardest parts of making visuals generic response accessible for all is one of the hardest challenges developing them probably eight percent of the work yeah fair enough so something that i, I know a little about but as ever i'll always respect daniel's opinion on that because well, he knows so much more than me yeah cool um Mate, it's been almost an hour, and um, that went quick. Yeah, it, it it does tend to go pretty quickly. I yeah. I, I appreciate your time for sure. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was interesting and fun to talk about. Uh, Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, thank you for, for taking the time. It was cool. I might uh, every now and then, you know annoy you for some questions about um vega i will i will put them on stack overflow and then, no, I, and then no. I get some points for them <laughs> yeah okay fair enough so <laughs> I, I won't be rude and use it and use a direct line i tell you what, i'll put it on stack yeah. overflow and then i'll send you the link fair yeah oh I, if, if it goes on stack overflow i see it within five minutes anyway <laughs> okay good to know yeah i like it um but also i'll remember what you said about vega and think of it like a bit like m in the, the, the organization of data. If you, definitely. If you can uh, get your data in the right shape, then that, that makes everything downstream so much easier. Yeah. Like, like cool. with Power BI. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your data modeling is so much easier once your Power Query foundations have been set properly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very true. Cool. Then um, more wise words to, to end this with. Um, thanks again, David. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Everyone so in the chat asking the questions. Yeah, thank you for joining. Absolutely. Uh, I won't be back next week because I'm going on holiday. Um, But I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.